This is the Citizen of Heaven podcast number 226, Youth. I am Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for listening, sharing, and subscribing. I'm joined this week by two men known everywhere as being involved and effective in working with young people. Chris Emerson preaches for the Lindale Church of Christ in Lindale, Texas, and hosts the Excel Stillmore podcast. Phil Robertson works with the Valrico Church of Christ in the Tampa, Florida area, and is famous for his camp work. Find out more at knowmyjesus.com. In the first part of our conversation, we discuss the blessings of getting started early in your walk with God. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. I lost track of how many times Solomon's words from Ecclesiastes 12.1 were drilled into my head as a child by people whose youth had long since been lost. Most of my friends, the ones who were listening anyway, seemed to think the message was, make sure you don't have too much fun. I'm quite sure that isn't what Solomon meant. It's not what I mean when I say similar things to my daughters. But what do we mean? What does it mean to remember your Creator, and how can young people do it? When you think of the concept of remember... Uh, it implies this is needed information, uh, and it would be in your best interest to heed this carefully because it's something that must not be forgotten, and it is highly applicable to your life. Uh, one of the things that I always try to stress with the kids that I have the privilege of hanging out with is my favorite proverb, and it's actually on the wall uh, here in my office, and that's ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure, Proverbs 4.26. Thinking ahead and thinking about what lies ahead is vital to our walk upon this earth. And our Heavenly Father has given us the privilege to think, and He wants us to remember. And if we'll learn to remember Him, our our path will be sure and will be more stable. And it is certainly not a path that implies you can't have fun. In fact, the Lord wants us. To enjoy life. And that's what Ecclesiastes is about. Enjoy life. But life will be much more enjoyable if you remember you have a creator who loves you far more than you could ever imagine. He is the one who brought you into this world and he is the one who can guide you through this world to enjoy it the most. And if we can learn that at a very young age, oh, just how much more enjoyable life will be for us. And we can avoid some of the challenging pitfalls that often come with ignoring our creator and his advice. That's really good. Uh, you can hear Phil's optimism. I, I think sometimes we, we pitch this thing to young Christians that, you know, there's just so much to fear and the culture is so dilapidated and there's just all these pitfalls. And I mean, if you really get lucky or meet the right person or don't get burnout. Like maybe there's some great path for you, but I, I don't believe in seeing it in that kind of demise. And I think Phil paints this positive picture of, you know, things can be awesome for you as a young Christian. There's all kinds of great things you can enjoy that Solomon talked about in the text. There's an interesting kind of situation going on in the verses before our verse and the verses after and Phil started to kind of mention some of that too. You know, afterward, you see that older age is just not, not as much fun. I mean, older age, your body changes, your energy levels change. Uh, there's this sense in which you're just not going to be able to put off grief. You're not going to be able to put off illness. You know, those things may become more of a reality of your life. And so in your youth, one of the reasons you should be incredibly optimistic and 
and hopeful is you you have like tip top energy and you haven't sort of received the battle scars that maybe some of us have received. And so there's this great optimism. And I think chapter 11 is all about optimism. Four times in chapter 11, he says, you do not know. He's like, you're young. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what today will hold or tomorrow will hold. He says it in verse two. You don't know what misfortune may occur. Verse five, you don't know what path the wind's going to take. Verse five, you don't know what God's doing. Verse six, you don't know whether the sowing in the morning or evening are going to succeed. He's telling young people, like, there's a thousand things you don't know. So try it. Cast your bread upon the waters. Give it a go. See what happens. So when you're young, you can take these chances. You can try things. It's like the the infant child trying to pull the cat's tail. They don't all work out for you. But you still feel this sense of, I can just try. And and in the world, that's really sin-based. You know, I'll just try all these carnal things. But I think for the Christian youth, it's like, look, be optimistic. You can try things and fail. It's going to be okay. You don't have to know everything. I did a study yesterday on baptism and was talking about a meeting I'd had with some junior high kids who were saying, I don't know enough to be baptized. I'm like, no, 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 you're missing it. Like by faith, if you know the gospel and you know Jesus is there and you know you're a sinner, like just prepare yourself to rush into him and let it happen. So I think the optimism is key because what we want young people to know is try things, be exploratory. You'll succeed some, you'll fail some, and later you won't be able to. But what's the um, what's the governor you need on that? You know, and that's our verse. It's okay, by the way, there's a total wrong way to do it, which is go out and try a whole bunch of things that get you in trouble. There's another wrong way to do it, which is just sit in your room and do nothing and be afraid of everything and let people tell you that it's all going to be bad. And then there is exploration, joy, energy, while always remembering that God made me for this, that God has me in his hand. You know, that idea of, of knowing now there's some there's there's a powerful verse there too in verse nine that says, Hey, he will bring you to judgment. But let's look at it from this side of the coin. He's also your creator. Like he's made you for this. So I just like setting the tone for our youth uh, that that tends to get them to go out and and explore under the beautiful parameters of the eye of the creator. Y'all ever have um people come uh to your school growing up? Uh I grew up in Lubbock, Texas, which was a fabulous place to grow up and Monterey High School and and all the uh, fun things that you could do uh, in Lubbock. And contrary to what people say, Lubbock is a fun town. Uh, I know most people see it as flat, but it was it was interesting that you would always have these guest speakers come to school and and they were motivational speakers and every single one of them were the same. They had this huge hard luck, bad situation huge consequences in their life because of poor decisions. And they came out of this hole. They were the Phoenix that came out of the fire. And now they are moving beyond those circumstances and those great challenges. And they've been revived. Well, that's a heartwarming, exhilarating story. But I couldn't help but think, how cool would it be to have the person come and speak and said, you know what? I listened to what everybody said about alcohol and I never did it. I listened to what everybody said about sexual uh, immorality and I never did it. And now not only am I enjoying life, but I don't have to deal with the consequences. That's the person I'd love to hear from. Because if you look at what Solomon's saying, he's saying, I've tried it all. And let me just tell you, 
it wasn't fulfilling and it left scars. It left bitterness. It left vanity. How blessed is the man who learns to walk in the ways of his creator in his youth and he avoids some of those challenges. It doesn't mean that if you did it, that you can't be redeemed and you can't have a joyous life. No, that's not the point at all. You can. That's part of the grace and mercy that comes from Jesus. But boy, just how more enjoyable life is, especially if you can learn at a young age to listen to your heavenly father and avoid all those pitfalls, to love life, to live joyfully with the wife of your youth. How much more joyous will your relationship with your wife wife be when you're older if y'all had those wonderful guidelines and parameters that the Heavenly Father's given you and and you see the joy that comes from the life that our Lord wants us to live. And I think you could see that in the life of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father enjoyed life as the sun upon the earth, and he felt that joy of doing the Father's will. I don't think you see in the heart of Jesus a a spirit of, oh, oh, here we go again. Oh, I've got to do all this. And it was, you know, almost something that was a, a weight that he carried upon his shoulders. No, there was joy in that, even joy in sacrifice because he understood the greater purpose. I think that's what I want kids to hear. There is great purpose and joy in a Christian life. And I believe that begins with us. And I appreciate Chris. We, we need to be the ambassadors of that Im- optimism uh, and that joy. And this is not a burdensome passage to remember your creator in the days of your youth. No, no, this is a wonderful royal uh, map to happiness and joy. And if we can learn it young, it certainly makes life much more enjoyable when we're old. Yeah. And you can build a lot of great exploration on top of that. I was thinking about how we all have kids that are uh, past their teen years, you know, Phil both and and Hal both. And I have a 22-year-old and a 19-year-old, and I have two younger ones too. But when I look at the older ones, I'm really thankful for the way that their walk with God is the centerpiece of their lives. They want to be people of faith. They They believe in the power of their creator. And now they're 19 and 22. Like, I don't know if I'd want to go back there. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, what's your life going to be like? One of my kids is married, so she's kind of found some, you know, that's that path she's on now. But my son, what's my major going to be? Um, uh, how's my golf stuff going to go in school? You know, it's all this stuff. And my thing to him is like, almost like, who cares? Just do it. Just try it. Just go and play. And, uh, you know, what's this going to be like? And who am I going to be around? Just go shine. You've chosen to honor God in all of it, so you don't have to be afraid. You know, you have to be careful, you have to be mindful of getting overwhelmed, and you know, we're never like impenetrable to temptation. But if you're walking in the Lord as your creator and and that's who you are as a person, I just want to get past this because it's scary enough. You know, I've got a son-in-law. <laughs> He's I have a son-in-law. That's that's a statement that's true. He's about to graduate college. He may do surveying, but staring at a computer screen for 40 years gives him nightmares. So now he might want to be a game warden and he might want to be a state trooper. Remember this? And, you know, at first I was like, whoa, buddy, safe path in the box. Everything's got to fit the way, you know, we had it all planned. You're going to be right here in Lindale. I've had to change my attitude. This guy loves God and he loves my daughter. Like he loves the Lord. I think that this is the time. Like, if you're going to do it, do it now. Go do it. Go try it. Go see. And uh, you get a little bit older and 
you can't just shed those. You can still do some of that. I think we could do some lessons on how like the, there's still some youthful spark and exuberance in all of us, even when we're older and we start to deny it too early. But for our young people, they've got it. So Ecclesiastes is a funny book because it's like, ugh, you know, vanity of vanities. But there's something freeing about knowing that if you've got God, you have the only thing of real substance. And the rest is just, let's see what we can do. Well, and remember your creator because he remembers you. I can't help but think a young Joseph. He was always fearing God and all that he did. And he made that clear even when he spoke to his brothers and even to Pharaoh. But the most powerful line throughout the story of Joseph is the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. He's in prison. The Lord was with Joseph. He's in the pit. The Lord was with Joseph. You see that over and over again. And so he remembers his father, his heavenly father, and his heavenly father is remembering him. Well, that relationship is what makes everything work, right? When we look at the way our Heavenly Father monitors our spiritual growth and and is there for us with this relationship, with this all-encompassing love, it assures us when our relationship is right. And obviously, it's always going to be right on His end. But when it's right on our end, we have this, this confidence that we are being set up for success that our father is governing our our general behavior and pointing us in a certain direction that is profitable for us, that is in our long-term interests, that may be somewhat beyond our understanding, but we live in faith, we live in love, and we have confidence that this is going to work. And to a certain degree, our father is there to save us from ourselves. The training wheels on the bike, you know, we're just kind of kind of point us and we can rebel if we want to you can fall off a bike with training wheels if you try hard enough but if you trust in god and go in the way that that he wants you to and believe that when he says don't do this or don't do that or you must do something else that's in my best interest and i can develop a taste for that if i give myself an opportunity because it's all about growing closer to my father it's all about shared experience it's all about connection if I can emphasize that in my life, if I can build that that relationship and want to build it even more, I come to realize that these governors that that have been placed on on my life are not a a limitation so much as they are tools for building the kind of life that I want to build for myself, and certainly the kind of life that my father is wanting me to build for myself. It's in my best interest. And the more I remember him, the more I remember that plan and the more faith I build and the better I do at building. I was reading this, this couple of books. These are really interesting. I'm not pushing them or, you know, put a asterisk and all the caveats and stuff that keep me out of trouble. But it's a guy named Ronald Rollheiser, and he wrote two books. One is The Holy Longing and the other one is Divine Fire. And they, they carry this, this basic idea. He says, look. Faith or no faith, life has three natural design stages. Now, he calls them, he, he looks at them in terms of discipleship. So he calls the early stage, the young person stage, essential discipleship. And then the middle stage that the three of us are in is mature discipleship. And then the last stage is radical discipleship. He says in that first stage, whatever you want to call it, you're just trying to put your life together. That's what my son Luke's doing. That's what my son-in-law Braden and Hannah are doing. Who am I going to be? Who am I going to marry? What am I going to do for a living? Where am I going to live? Then you reach the middle. And, and this is so cool, but it was almost foreign to me. 
He says, okay, you kind of got your life put together. Now in your middle years, you're supposed to be figuring out how do I give my life away? Now, part of that happens naturally when you become a parent, you begin to just give your life away, but it's more than that. It's all of the charity and kindness and selflessness and compassion of Jesus. And then the last stage, which is really fascinating, is the the radical discipleship, which is how do I give my death away? Like, how do I make my end the most powerful thing I've ever done? I'm more worried about guys like us, guys raised associated with faith, where when we were in that younger year and we were putting our lives together, I'm going to tell you, I was putting my life together, but it was about me. It was very much about what I was proving about myself and how I measured up compared to others. So when I got to middle age, where it was time to go, let's start giving this away. I have really struggled with that. Uh, I've talked about the the parable of the of the good Samaritan, where you have takers, keepers, and givers. The robbers are takers. The Samaritan is a giver. I'm a keeper. I'm a hey. I'll pray for you, buddy. But what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. If you if you get in a super bind, let me know. That's my nature. But you know where that came from? My youth of putting my life together for me. And so when God goes, hey, you've got a pretty successful deal. Let's start sharing it. I'm like, sharing it with who? Sharing it how? It's true evangelistically and it's true monetarily. So for our young people, like put your life together, build it, explore it. But if God and his purpose is not at the center of it, I'm just here to tell you, you're going to be in your 20s, 30s, and 40s reading the gospels and you're going to get a black eye every time you finish Luke's gospel. You're going to go, oh, hit me again with giving and sharing and loving. And I made it about me. I think if I would just give one more thought to it, it's remember your creator. You have been created and you've been created for great purpose. Trust the one who made you. He knows what's best for you. And if we can do that when we're young, our life will be a greater blessing to others. And that's ultimately what we want to be. And I think that's what Chris was saying. You want to be a blessing. That's the goal. Thank you for listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Please rate, review, and share so others can access this content. I encourage you also to join the Heaven Citizens Facebook group. There you will find links to related materials, conversation starters, poll questions, and the occasional special announcement. Also check out the How Hammonds channel on YouTube for even more content. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, signing off.